Let's do this. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are around the world. I hope you're having a great time of it. Welcome to a new episode of The Drop, filmed live right here on Twitch, and then going out around the world on YouTube, podcast, anywhere you want it, I guarantee you can get it from Toffees. You can find me at Toffees TV if you're so interested. Uh, we don't have a drop Twitter, so just follow me and stop bitching about it. All right, a big shout out to the sponsors who make this show possible, Ace Republic of Gamers for the equipment uh, that we're running it on, and of course, Razor for the gear that we're using to run it. Uh, awesome GG, if you guys wanna check them out, they're uh, one of the new premier tournament players. <coughs> a couple of guys here have played in the tournament or have said they were going to and then not showed up. Uh, but it is a uh, great place to hang out and spend your Sunday afternoons if you want to have a good time playing some PUBG. That said, let me introduce you to our guest today, the gentleman that you're probably here to see because no one wants to look at my ugly mug for 40 minutes. Starting at the top above me is a man that I can't stop calling Daz, but goes by Daz, at DazFPS underscore, or Darren, if you will. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm all right. It's Five o'clock in the evening. I'm getting a little bit hungry because I'm a fat guy, but that's about all I have to worry about. <laughs> Our second guest over there in the yellow room, I don't know how you stay calm playing in a place that's so fluorescent, is none other than Raptor to Raptor who plays for Team Method. How are you doing today, sir? Oh, you're muted. I didn't rap. No, oh, he's muted. Wait, he's looking around. Should we do his inner monologue for him? Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, what the fuck did I get muted? What did I do wrong? <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. Uh, uh, there, <laughs> hey. go. there we go. <laughs> yeah, it's going good. It's going good. Thanks. Now it's better. <laughs> Mike works. And last but not least, our guest down on the left, who's got a uh, room that's definitely set up for streaming or you really like whiteboards. Either way, it's Liquid Haze, a uh, player that I had the pleasure of watching last week or casting, and I'm glad to have you on the show today. How are you doing today, Liquid? Or Mr. Hayes? I'm not going to call Liquid. <laughs> um, I'm all right. Yeah, that's a bad idea. Thank you. Yeah, doing all right. Awesome. Yeah. For those of you who haven't picked up on it, this is our English or our UK time slot. Uh, apparently, a lot of the pros are coming out of the UK and European area, uh, which has made it a little bit tough, difficult to do our show at the normal 11 p.m. time slot. So we're going to, every once in a while, switch it up, do this spot here, um, and I'm going to try not to mess up the uh, conversions too much in my tweets, even though I'm terrible at that thing called mathematics. That said, let's jump right into talking about the game. That's why we're <coughs> here. PUBG Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. If you're not familiar with it, you just found this podcast for no reason, go download it and then wonder what you've been doing for the last month of your life. All right, the first topic, and oh, for the record, guys, I know everybody here is kind of new to the show, so I want you guys to know what the format is, is I have a timer that I'm running, and I'm starting it right now. It's 10 minutes, and that means that's the maximum amount of time that I'm going to let us talk about a topic, because I want to make sure we get through everything. Raptor's got the look of a man who's long-winded, so I want to make sure that we sort of have time to get through all this stuff. So 10 minutes on the clock, the patch is out, Let's do a week in review. We talked about the minutia of the patch last week, sort of the cool new stuff, the cities on the map, blah, blah, blah. You've had it in your hands, both a competitive and regular play for a week now. What do you think about it? Anything that stands out to you? Anything that seems completely pointless? Anything that you want to see changed? I love the mini. The mini is my baby now. 
Okay. <laughs> Mini's so, pretty good. Let me ask this. Everybody who thinks the Mini is a pretty freaking good gun, raise your hand right now. Just put that into the webcam for me. Okay, one, two, <laughs> three. All right, so I've got four votes on the screen, and that's not surprising to me. And for those of you who are like, how the fuck does Toffee get a vote? Because I'm a top 200 player. I'm not as good as these guys, but I'm okay, you dicks. That said, Mini 14, does it need a nerf? No, I don't think so. I don't think it needs a nerf at all. I, I'm, hmm. I'm serious. I honestly don't think it needs a nerf. Tell me more. <laughs> it's like Recall I feel. I feel like it's like the old AK. They nerfed the AK suddenly, and then like the AK was good the way it was. I personally don't think it's that. Like it's good. It's like it's really good, but I think it deserves a spot. I don't think it needs a nerf necessarily. That's just what I think. No, just, just, just I, like balance, balancing. Not, not just, nerf balancing. This is kind of a difference, I guess. Like. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like. Yeah, it is, it is super strong though. It's like yeah. really, really strong. There's not much recoil to it. That's the issue. I think. I think. I think. Just, mm -hmm. I think that, it reminds me yeah. if I was playing a Star Wars like Battlefront, right? So like, there's no. It's like shooting a taser just over and over <laughs> yeah. again or a blaster. Um, I mean, do you think that that's it? It's, it's loud, right? Like that thing when somebody shoots at you with a Mini 14, there's no mistaking that that's what's being shot. So I don't know. Does does mm -hmm. sound and lo echo location? I don't know what you're gonna call it, but the ability to know where they are immediately make up for the fact that it's such a strong tap gun. Or do you think it really needs to have a little recoil added? No, really. I, I think it needs a little bit. It needs yeah. a little bit recoil added for sure. Yeah, yeah, not 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 as much as the SKS, but just like you know, just a bit <laughs> more, you know. <laughs> I dig that. It's, it's too. A bit silly. Yeah. Um, okay, so, and let me ask you this. You brought up the SKS. SKS had actually gained popularity a little bit before the Mini 14 dropped when they added the uh, tack stock or the vert grip attachment. Uh, a lot of players have started to prefer it over the car in terms of multifunctionality. Um, that's dropped off a lot because it feels like the SKS just has so much bullet drop and is so slow by comparison. Does the SKS need another buff? Or, I mean, is it, it, like, right now, I don't use a 7.62 gun, period. Is there... How do you guys feel about the set, the state of seven six two? Let me ask you. I, th I think it's fine. I think the, the SKS is fine as it is. <coughs> um, yeah, I'm just upset by the AK. That's about it, right? <laughs> okay. So yeah, okay. Let's talk about the AK then. You bring it up. I'm gonna jump on it. AK nerf. For those of you who are listening that are casual players and aren't addicted to numbers like we are, uh, there was a change to the AK that was sort of I don't want to say sneaky because it came out on the extended patch notes. But for those of you who don't know, there's two patch notes. There's the ones you see that are posted on Reddit generally that have sort of a hey, here's some changes we made, and then there's the one you have to dig into like PUBG.me to pull out. And that gives you the numbers. So uh, the ADS recoil kick animation went from 0.18 to 0.3. So it almost doubled in terms of the recoil animation. And the bullet recoil per switch went from 3 to 2. So from my understanding, what that means is it used to get three bullets on and then your deviation would happen. So you could get a triple tap pretty easily. Now after two, it deviates. So it's a lot harder to control that recoil. Um, do you guys still use the AK? I mean, it was a preferred gun for a while. I use it still. I got like a double kill yesterday, easy spree with it. It's pretty nice. It's not as good as it used to be though. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot harder to control. Yeah, it's or horizontal and just go left and right all over the place. It's, I don't know. They just made the, the, the tapping, they made that worthless. Basically like, it's it's good for like having a secondary if you use it as a spray. Like instead of like any SMG or any shotgun or anything, you just use it as a spray. And that way the recall doesn't matter that much. But... Yeah, you can't. You just can't use that long distance, pretty much, at the moment. I agree. Yeah, I only use I only use it as a second weapon, like just for close combat. Hey Raptor, I don't have the ability to turn you down individually here. Um, so if you hold on, hold on, just a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, we use Zoom for web conferencing, and it doesn't have a ton of volume controls. 
I think if you're doing this in a corporate environment, you just still lean back, Joe. Let me fix this. Give me one second. Right. I'll, I'll get it fixed. Take a look at that. So, so the AK is still decent at a spray down. So let me ask you this. When you see someone approaching and you think to yourself, am I going to push my range weapon? Like I'm assuming you're using either a sniper rifle or an M16 with a 4X plus on it and an AK. At how many meters do you decide to yourself, it's time for the AK red dot over your ranged weapon? I think 50 meters. 50? Yeah, I'd say, yeah, yeah. 50 to 100. Uh, yeah, well, not 100. Yeah, 50 is good. Okay. Yeah. Currently with the 50, if it, if it would be back to old AK, and I think they're going to revert it, or they shoot at least, then you could go long. Okay. You can't control those guys. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, perfect. So that, that makes sense to me. I'm still working on the mic a little bit from Raptor over there. Uh, oh, is it too loud still? Yeah, it's still pretty, it's still pretty epic. Am I good? Uh, Am I I think I know why. It's a little bit high, but not unbearable. Raptor just makes me want to. Uh, let me uh, let me turn it down. Stop bleeding. So okay, so while you're doing that, hey, we talked about the AK. We talked about the Mini 14, which I think everybody can agree is an absolutely fabulous gun right now. And and it's one of those things like when you play with a pub and one pops up, everyone fights. Right in the old days, you'd be like, "I found an SKS," and the guy with the eight X would be like, "Okay, here, take the eight X or whatever." Now that's like, "Well, I got, I already got the compensator and the extended mag. Well, I've already got the uh, scopes. So you should give me the Mini fourteen. So everyone loves that thing. Um, fog. What are your thoughts on the fog? Does it need to be nerfed? Need to be taken out? Is it just sort of funsies and it'll never be in competitive play? Yeah, I think it's just a casual game. Yeah, yeah. it's just a casual mode. It's funsies. It's yeah. definitely not going to be competitive at all. Yeah, my, my, my game always crashes when I get into fog games. <laughs> so what we're going to do actually is, guys, you can keep your volumes where they are. I'm going to turn my mic up, I think, and then that should... Everyone watching can just turn down their volume, and that should help. Am I, am I, am I good now? I turn mine down. Yeah, I think so. I think everybody should be I, in better shape. Try to turn mine down I'm a bit. I'm sure well. if mine is down or not. It is. That sounds, that sounds quieter. Yeah. It sounds much better, okay. so I'll take mine down it, a little bit. Perfect. It was fine for me. Sorry about having to do the sound check in the middle of the show, guys. Uh, you know, we're working on it. I'm working on a Discord partnership to make sure that we can get a little bit of a better sound quality in here in the future. So uh, bear with us. This is only episode three, uh, but I think so far so good. All right, AKM, we've done our thing. Let's move forward. And oh, okay, somebody brought it up in chat and I will address it. Uh, I said it was starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. We started at 5 p.m. Eastern. That is my fault. Uh, I am terrible at math. I took algebra one, three times and failed it every single time in high school. I took three classes of re remediary uh, mathematics in college and only barely passed when I finally took microcomputers, which was basically like build JavaScript sites. Uh, so I'm bad at it. And I thought the conversion was five hours, not four. Or sorry, four hours, not five. So I thought it was a little bit later and uh, I was wrong. But Hayes has, uh, you know, a significant other that he cares deeply about. Doesn't want to keep up too late. Uh, you know, Raptor is sitting there and, uh, you know, Daz is feeling sick. So I want to make sure that he gets some time to sleep to get over this uh, thing going on with him. So um, my apologies to everybody who shows up in an hour and is grumpy if they could not see this live. That said, enough about me. Let's talk about the patch and stuff. Uh, I think that's enough for the patch. Is there anything else you guys really want to get into on the patch or you think we can move on to some other topics? Um, Post-processing and stuff like that? Yeah, that's, okay, so I'm not a guy yeah. that understands that kind of stuff. Tell me about this post-processing. <laughs> so basically what it is, like they, I think what, what they were trying to do was was uh, get rid of the the, the so the fog, if you went into inventory before that, you could see through like further into the fog. So they tried to blur it out and add post-processing to, to stop that. But um, 
I think they've added more than they needed to. I don't know. It's weird. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Okay. So, because it, it seems to me like the fog's not game breaking. It's just too thick. Like the, if, it, if this was more of like, you know, maybe a, a London fog and not like an upland Scotland fog, <laughs> it would be playable. But I've driven out by Loch Ness and there's just days where you park your car and say, F it. And that's what this game sort of feels like. Yeah, like it, it basically renders the four times and the eight times useless. Like it's a red or hollow all the way in a fog game. Pretty much, yeah. I'd agree. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, final question: Nades. They, I know that they changed the drop and explode system, which was <laughs> hilarious for highlight videos, but not really functional. That said, though, have you noticed a significant change in your play style since they increased the explosion radius and the ability to cook on demand, or do you still use them? At the I don't. I don't like the ability to cook on demands. So I hate it. I hate it so much. Cooking is a problem, but I think they really did a good job with the flashes. I think the flashes... Flashes are amazing. They, they're amazing. They're better than nades. They're better than smokes. The nade blast radius is a little bit insane, though. Because like you can literally stand like 20 meters away from a nade and you will still get hit by the nade. Uh, the flashes are like... It's like, CS, it's like playing CSGO. You can actually do pop flashes. You can actually breach compounds and not have to care about your corners. Which yep. makes first person more viable right now because you couldn't breach before properly because somebody could just be sitting behind a corner and now you just pop a flash in there and you're you got the compound pretty much for yourself. That is true, and honestly, so. that's the kind of thing we want to hear because I'm sure that most of my listeners who don't get to play as many hours as you guys have haven't had a chance to really experiment with the f new flashes. Um, it seems like flight paths are also just significantly more accurate in every way. Like it's a lot easier to hit that tiny window on the on the camper shack than it used to be. So, yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah it's, it's like obviously there's no there's no distance to it, but like close range, you know, yeah, easily sh uh, hit, hit those uh, windows in the shack. Yeah. Okay, so let's transition out of patch stuff. I want to talk about uh, some unique topics. It's rare that I get three pro players on the show at the same time. I usually get stuck with some analysts and you know people who uh, think they know everything there is to know about pro play but aren't pros. So let me ask you a few things that I'm curious about just as a viewer. Uh, I got the pleasure of casting Liquid uh, on Sunday as you guys played in the Awesome Tournament. And something I noticed, and I'm curious if this happens to everybody when you play, is you would fight teams and it felt like sometimes you would get a knockdown or a kill and the other team would go oh shit it's liquid and just bounce or play very differently or even in some cases just go totally aggro to have like the name recognition of killing players so in your experience uh for all of you guys have you noticed that when you're like is there a difference in the way that you have to play because you have a recognizable name versus not no I don't feel uh, there is no. I mean, I've had one one time where it was like, um, I think we, I, I don't know, we just got pushed by a random team because they, I don't know. But I mean, it, it could have been, you know, just a random push and they just started to push that area. But no, 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 not really. No. I think the only problem, the only problem for me, for example, is like recently I've been really trying to push a lot of blue tanking strategies and some players have been starting to notice that. And when they know it's you, you're going to get caught off guard. You're just not going to be able to do it. Just Or like certain things you normally do, which would work against teams when they don't expect it, that would work. But because they know like, oh, that's Raptor. He's probably going to be tanking the blue if he can't make it. Then they could wait and they're going to they're gonna be watching the blue for like one minute while before they just wouldn't, they just wouldn't watch the blue and you could easily make moves there. 
Yeah, every time I've played with Raptor, he's always sitting in the blue. <laughs> and that's, that's the other question, though, too. As uh, When you talk about, like, I think a lot of you guys come from CSGO and things like that. Um, CSGO, you can know a team strategy, right? You can know a team really likes to push mid in certain situations or rush to bomb site B. And it gives you an advantage, but it doesn't, like, change the way the game's played, right? Because everyone's still peaking corners effectively. If I know that Liquid always drops the four complexes never e just east of school and spreads out, does that then become an issue when you talk about pro play? Because now every team knows exactly where you're going to be landing and can choose to say, do 2v1 drops against you? Have you hit that kind of thing? Do you ever worry about it? Um, not like, I, I don't know. Like, it, it just, it, I guess if, if, if teams go through VODs, which I'm sure they do, like, they, they'll probably realize that. Um, <laughs> or if they watch the show, sorry. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> or, um, <you> know, or, <laughs> or if they, uh, you know, if they, um, want to challenge us then they can i guess i don't know but it's 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 relying on up you know like at the start of the game it's all you know it's all rng anyway you know who, who gets the gun first i think it's also a little bit too early for this like i think the pro scene is still developing so it's like un there is like some teams that are like starting to grow so you start to notice like liquid king when like all the teams are starting to get a platform but at the moment it's still unsure like who are the pro teams mm. that's why you see like so many line lineup switches and stuff because it's not it's turning into an established esport slowly, but it still needs a long way before people can think like, okay, we can counter. People still need to figure out the strategies as well. Right. So if you if you don't even know your own strategy, then how are you going to counter somebody? Do you guys would you take fights early on? Like, is that something that you look for, or do you prefer to make sure that you guys are at least close to an optimal build before taking a fight? I mean, if somebody jumped in to go up against you in that situation, is that something where you just bounce, or is that like, okay, yeah, we can win this with no matter with with whatever guns on the ground? Uh, no, I, I'd, I'd say we, I mean, generally, I think we'd avoid it. I don't know. I'm not, not sure. Whether it, even if you drop in a big um, city as well, all teams avoid each other pretty much. I'd say, I'd say our team would probably fight it personally. And I think it varies. Like, I, I think that a lot of people watch the big streamers out there who maybe aren't necessarily on teams or on a different kind of team. And those guys are like the second I drop, I want to start to blow somebody's head off. And they think to play that way. But I think it's interesting. A lot of the pro teams, half of them sort of have that mentality of I'll take the fight because it saves me loot time perhaps. The other half seems to be of, of I don't want to waste my meds yet. I want to get the heck out of dodge and sort of reserve fights for when they're best for me. So uh, that's pretty interesting. Now, Raptor, you brought up the idea of this being an emerging esport and uh, it's sort mm -hmm. of in its its birthing phases. And that I think is something that we definitely want to touch on um, as as members and leaders of the team, as, as guys who are sort of newly minted pros within PUBG. Because, you know, when we talk about when I cover Dota, I interview somebody, they've been playing pro Dota for, you know, seven years and and in esports years, that's like 35 years. So for you guys in esports years, you've been playing pro in PUBG for like six months. In regular years, you're probably, you know, time, it's about a month and a half here. Um, what's important to look out for, do you think, going forward in terms of uh, literally everything? Is it important to look out for tournaments uh, being responsible? <clears throat> Is it hard to find tournaments to play in? Like, what's your primary focus as a team right now? I, I think it's just training. I think everybody just has to train at the moment. I think, like, it's it's... Like you can't, I don't, I don't, I, I, when it comes down to beginning teams, what you have to be careful for is of course the contracts because a lot of new organizations are trying to fuck over players. Mm -hmm. That's what I've been noticing a lot. And even with the bigger teams, I've already heard about their contracts and some of them are like, it just makes no sense at all. Uh, yesterday as well, 
there was a team and they got into a contract and to all of us it looks like a good contract but then afterwards like when they want to swap stuff and on it's mm. they get into so much trouble so that's one of the things but i think when it comes out to team practice themselves i think find a consistent lineup and just uh just train that's mm. the only thing that is there to do right now in my opinion yeah, I, don't, I don't feel you need subs but i mean at some point there's going to be some guy that's not going to be able to and get into the tournament because of work commitments like real life commitments things like that so yeah let me ask this then. Uh, this is a unique crossroads we have in this sort of burgeoning esport. Is when you go from shooter to shooter, it's pretty traditional. The pros in one shooter tend to work pretty well in the other. When you go from Han to Dota to League and back and forth, they're very different games. And I want to clarify that and be very obvious. But the skills that worked in Han worked well in Dota when pros transitioned over. PUBG is unique in some ways that it comes from a battle royal pedigree that wasn't successful in other avenues as an esport. H1Z1 did a couple of uh, events that didn't really do very well. Um, and we've seen some, but nothing huge. So this seems like a unique chance for players who are good at this style of game to maybe make the run at being pro for the first time and actually do it. Um, speaking to those types of players, because we see them, you guys are playing in tournaments with. 50 to 60 other teams, and most of them are not signed, but are pretty freaking good. I mean, I've, I saw you guys oh, yeah. get wiped last week. So what do you say to those players as they sort of start to think to themselves and talk to themselves in Discord and say, hey, guys, maybe we can actually do this? Um, what's <clears throat> what's that path for them to take? How, can they grind it out? Do they start sending out emails? Like, what would you recommend? I'm, I, I'd say just, just, just keep playing tournaments and stuff, get noticed. Um, yep. there's, there's orgs. I mean, people don't know this, but there's orgs like looking mm -hmm. like that they are watching the space. So just keep doing what they're doing, and I, I guess send some emails out if they want. If you know, that's what they want to do. Mm -hmm. also, also, streaming is a factor as well. If you're yeah. uh, if you're streaming, you can gain yourself a name, um, playing in the tournaments and such, um, and just inquire about other organisations that are looking basically. But main focus would be just focusing on the game, your gameplay, and just going on the leaderboards and just getting your name up there basically. I think Twitter presence is also something that people forget. I think at the moment, like a lot of problems that a lot of like newer players have is like they can reach out to an org, they got the right, they got the right performances and stuff. But Twitter is like the base to be for everybody. That's where you get all the connections. That's where you meet everybody, and that's where also all the orgs like get first in contact with you mostly mm -hmm. because everybody checks Twitters all the time. And I think like you really need to like have a good looking Twitter because if you have a Twitter that looks like you made it yesterday, then like no, everybody's gonna think you're just like you're not gonna be worth signing. For mm -hmm. example, even though you might be the best player in the world right now. Yeah, and I think that brings up an interesting idea. This idea that orgs are looking for not just the best players all the time, but also players who are social media savvy, can do interviews, or have the ability to sort of represent the brand well. One of those things that comes up a lot, and I don't know if you guys have had to deal with that in your contracts or know people who have, is streaming streaming requirements within the pro contracts. So some pro contracts will say, and if you guys don't know this, uh, it happens a lot in bigger esports, we're gonna sign you to our team. However, you as a team are required to do a total of 26 hours of streaming this week. You can spread out however you want. Sometimes they'll require certain players to do more. Um, and that's just brand representation. Here's my question for you guys. As, people, as pros who are playing in a competitive space and have been signed, do you think that streaming as a pro is hurtful or helpful or does it not really matter? Like when you have a streaming contract or a time frame, like I got to hit my stream numbers, how does that affect you? I mean, if, if you stream regularly, then, then that doesn't really matter anyway. Uh, but like, uh, I, I guess if, if you don't have a schedule and then you, you 
like streaming actually takes you away from the normal sort of things you do. And I guess maybe that's an issue, but um, for me, it wasn't really an issue anyway, you know, but I, like it's, I, I guess for some it might be like. Um, the thing is yeah. at, the, at the moment as well, it's like what people have to realize because um, I'm currently playing with two players that are like not streamers or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And they are like getting told like, okay, you know what? Um, you know, you're going to have to start streaming this amount of hours or like in my case, so, but just in general, what I told them as well as like the organization pays you a salary, but that salary has to come from somewhere. And if you, if you perform, that's an easy way to get salary. You get paid, your organization gets paid, but they pay you whether you lose or you win. And that money has to come from somewhere and they can just, they can just go in loss. In the end, eSport is still a business. Mm -hmm. And if you stream, they make money because that's promotion sponsors will pay for that. Yep. If you don't stream, you're suddenly just a loss to the company unless you win a big major. But like that, that is all to decide. That that's not a gamble organization should take in the first place. That's that was yeah. that's probably one of the better explanations I've heard of it. So well done there, uh, Days. Do you have any thoughts on streaming as a pro or? I don't think it's hurtful. Um, it's helpful in general because, like I say, you get recognized a lot easier. Um, I mean, like a lot of people come to my stream and keep on asking me about Gamescom. Mm -hmm. uh, it's nice to get recognized from that. Um, but it's not hurtful in any way, no, I don't feel. Um, because at Gamescom, you won like you won most kills in a duo. Is that what it, is that what the pan was no. for? What was the pan for? We'll recognize it right now. <laughs> It was uh, top kills and squads. That's what it was. Top kills and squads. So if you guys don't know, uh, Dazzle grab it because he likes to show it off. He's got a giant ass pan, PUBG Invitational. Uh, Hayes, did you want to show yours off as well while we're here? <laughs> okay, so Hayes, Hayes got his over there, and uh, Raptor is just gonna go grab his right back right now. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> I mean, we, uh, we we got the pan for coming third. We we didn't really get anything. I didn't get anything for like being tough kills and so on. But oh, it was it was one of my, it was one of my personal goals. So. Yeah, it was my, one of my personal goals. goals, which isn't very I don't know kind of weird. But. Hey, yeah. uh, it's cool though. I mean, especially at a, at a game where like it's not like they're inviting ten teams to this thing. Like this is a massive. When you play in a PUBG match, there's a copious amount of people for you to beat. This is very different than advancing in a CSGO one-on-one or uh, a round robin in some sort of like top-down tournament. This is, every day when you guys go in, you have to beat, what was it? I think in the Awesome tournament, you had to beat 20 other, was it 20, 22 other teams three times in a row to advance to the Premier Network? Like that's, that, does that does that weigh on you at all? The fact that like every single match you play is a slugfest, there's no easy gimmies? Um, well, it depends on the strats, really. If Fair. you, if you do the healing strats then <laughs> you get the I, I think I think with this whole thing is like really easy we to get disappointed though like for us for example last I was in tournament we did really bad and for me personally that was like damn I'm like super disappointed because but it's hard because you're against so many teams so obviously there's a high chance you're not gonna win mm -hmm. but Still, like, like even third, you could be satisfied with third, but there will always be you will always be disappointed, and there's always going to be 19 teams who are not first place. So, yeah. But there's there's definitely huge competition in Ozone tournaments for sure. I mean, the, my favorite Ozone tournament was when we won it, but we were like one point ahead of King Queen. We had the same amount of kills as King Queen. We won two games in a row. They come 
I think it was second in a row, and then they got a better third place than us yeah. uh, on the on the third game. But that was intense because our our fate was took away from us on the third game because we had a we had a bad bad game then. Um, but then one of the other teams saved us. <laughs> so. so let me ask you guys oh, yeah. that since I have you here, um, you I know that all of you have played in a lot of different tournament formats so far and had experience like sort of. It's, it's the Wild West out there, right, in terms of tournaments. Scoring, formats, views, all of this stuff is all over the place, and every tournament's trying to come up with what's the best system. Um, I know Blue Hole's watching constantly, so there's also sort of that stress on tournament organizers of, like, how do I find the format that Blue Hole goes, yeah, this is it. Uh, what do you guys seem to like? What, what formats, what scoring systems? Do you like this best three? Do you prefer a best of five? What do you think? Like, I guess... I personally like. Uh, I mean, best of five um, was pretty exciting to play in the curse trials. Yeah, that was um, I, I feel like um, should be more used in the squads as well. Um, I like Ozum's score system. Mm-hmm. Um, kills mean, mean a factor. It means it gives teams initiative to go out and kill people, mm-hmm. basically instead of sitting in the compounds the whole game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I really like the the five games. Even maybe had six. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like a best of, you know, like this many games. It's, it's not like CSGO where, where you can have a tie, right? right? It's points. So you can have like six games, you know, and and there's not going to be, well, I mean, I mean, there might be a tie, but highly un- unlikely, I guess, right? Um, I also like the, the times two AR from mm-hmm. Curse Trials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I call it that. I don't know. I, 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 I seem to think it, it relieves, the, like it, it also makes people more aggressive as well because mm-hmm. they have the actual things to shoot people with rather than just like UMPs and shotguns just like uh, just gonna sit here and I think I think because we're so early in the game we just need to test all different sort of settings and find out the balance like CS you know did you know when they did the MR12 or MR15 and you know back in the scene then so we just need to find the right balance between uh, competitive play the good thing about the double AR as well, I think that that's what Hayes said is like really important. I think they have to do that because this opens up also for more strategies. Like right now, if you if you're a top team, you gotta go big city because if like if you really want to win the game, because that's where you will find the loot. But now then it opens up for like, hey, we can actually go small compounds and still be looted. Mm-hmm. If you go to big cities, you'll be so looted like it's crazy mm-hmm. so you're going to be able to do whatever you want but if you go to the small cities you'll still have like enough loot to take a good fight and not be there with like 30 bullets or something yeah, it yeah. also spreads out the teams as well mm-hmm. so there's more areas that i guess to go to right so and it, it also i think i've been watching for a while and i used to be against this 2x ar idea because i'm a, I, I moved to PUBG from a strategy game so i love this the idea of like not starting the same. Remember the old days when they nerfed uh, ARs in the very early patch, and like you had to win games with submachine guns for about two weeks there because it was just so hard to find guns. Uh, that said, though, I think I think you're on the right track here. The idea that maybe in squads to sp- it would even increase the action if ARs were doubled. Because uh, we watched a game last Sunday where everyone was just taking forever to come into the circle, and I realized as I checked each player, well, it's because a lot of them are only running one AR right now. So they're going to small complex after small complex going, I need my, I need my spray down weapon like up and running, or I need my scope before I can go into the fight. I think that the other side of the coin is in duos, maybe, that doesn't necessarily need to be the case. It seems like in duos, it's a lot more open to sort of fighting for your gear versus looting for your gear, if that makes sense. <laughs> But, but again, I think squad seems to be where the format's going for competitive. So you guys definitely. Um, uh, so are, are, is everybody pretty agreed that like the kill, the points per kill in addition to points per finish is a good scoring measure? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. And sure. It also provides a really nice tiebreaker too, right? I think we had, uh, I forgot what it was. I saw it earlier on one of the news sites that talked about uh, in the Osmond Premier League especially, one of the teams advanced because they tied on placement after three but had more kills than their opponents. I think it was actually Kingwin or somebody who who that who no Kingwin fared hide. It was uh, method, right? Was it method? Yeah, I think it was us. It was we, yeah. we, like it was either we are going to be tier one or tier two. Mm. And uh, at first, like when Shotcaller calculated it, we would have been tier one because if we had one kill more. Mm. And then uh, then they were like, yeah, but it's not necessarily going to be that. And then they what they did is they calculated the average placement. Mm. So. I'm still, I'm, personally, I'm still unsure, like, if we're playing tier one or tier two right now, because I haven't done the calculations, but, yeah, that was that, I think that, if that's what you're referring to, that's us. It is, okay. I think it'll probably fall on you guys from here. I can't say for sure yet. I'm just the talker, not the uh, counter, <laughs> as we should all be thankful for after the time conversion disaster earlier. Uh, Noble, unique situation you had. You guys were unable to make uh, the playoffs this Sunday. Are you going to be there next week? Is that the plan? I'm hoping. Okay. Yeah, I'm hoping so, yeah. So everyone in tier four, <laughs> good luck. Uh, you. <laughs> that's going to be a little brutal. Win, win, win. <laughs> so, and then for you guys, though, let me ask you this. It's probably not that often. How often do you guys get to play against an entire server of top teams? Is that pretty regular for you? Or do you think that this is going to be a pretty tall order when you talk about playing next week? Um, I, I think it's like we, we played scrims and stuff. Right. I, like, I know to play scrims like with you know, like mm-hmm. everyone's always in you know the top team sort of like pbj line and stuff like that you know everyone's there so i kind of used to it i guess mm. yeah you got you got yeah. like at least at the moment five solid days of like where you're playing against other teams yeah definitely so so yeah, it's actually kind of weird playing against the worst teams they're like what are they doing like what? <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like when i it's like when i queue on the asian servers no that was weird about awesome as well uh, when we played awesome last sunday well we had like at some point we had the circle mm-hmm. and there was like two centered compounds so we we literally split two guys in one compound two guys in the other and normally against top teams you would get engaged on so something like that would also not work necessarily but now we didn't even get a single engagement the entire game and that was like this was center circle this was center like for like three circles didn't see a single person pass by or anything which is super weird. It's because you've somehow convinced all the rookie teams that standing in the blue is a good plan. So uh, <laughs> all of them are out there popping their meds, being like, tactics. exactly. <laughs> They're trying to counter. They were all sitting on the circle Bandage. trying to camp you. <laughs> uh, okay, so actually, you brought up scrims, which I wanted to ask about briefly. Scrimming, it seems like it would be a lot harder in PUBG, right? Uh, when I would talk to pro teams in Dota, a scrim just in, in, involved calling another team and arranging a time to play five versus five. Do you, how do you guys yeah. script? Do you manage to get a bunch of teams together, or is it sort of like find one other team and maybe agree to drop Pachinki and fight it out? Or I mean, how does that work? It's just like <laughs> a normal, just like a normal tournament game. Like there's a Discord dedicated for scrims, okay. like for all the teams, and we just all arrange a certain time and jump in. Yeah. So it's it's almost like a uh, an elite league would be in sort of other types of games where you guys just once a team is established and maybe get invited to the discord and get a chance to jump in on the scrims no, that's interesting definitely. does that that does does that make it harder for you to hide strategies from each other though because i mean i know there is there were periods of time when you talk about and again I'm, my frame of reference is dota because that's where i come from i know csgo is similar when say majors would be coming up or like GamesCon in this case you would find teams that would commit to only scrimming against three or four teams to hide their strategies from their you know, the people that didn't want to see their style of play or what they were planning. Do you think that this, the format of this game is going to make that a lot harder to do or 
the, the at the moment for scrims there is rules, and I think that's the reason why. Because when you play a scrim and you when you play with your team, the only thing you actually see is what's happening around you, like what other teams are trying out and stuff, what other teams are discussing and doing. You don't see that because there's the rule. For example, you can't sure. you can't really like brag about your results. You mm -hmm. cannot stream and stuff. So there's all these rules that we have. So you don't really see what other teams are doing. Like today as well, we tried something completely new. Like we had something completely figured out and there was, there's just no way that anybody's going to figure it out, even though, because changes could also be very small changes. Like, okay, instead of sure. this part of Pachinki, we only take this part of Pachinki and nobody will notice that really. Right. That makes sense. And and the only person who might notice is the one team that you happen to use, you know, effectively mm -hmm. use it against. And if they can't talk about it publicly, then that'll stay quiet. That's actually a really good, it's a good point, especially with this sort of game format. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, which actually, do you think that kill cams and things like that need to be added to the game? Or do you like the way that it is? Because that sort of applies to this, right? Mm. I, I don't like kill cams. No, only solos. Solo solo I think. I think. I think fine for kill cams because like you kind of learn from that as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you, it's a learning experience. If you die, you kind of like if you get shot in the head by some random guy. Like, okay, I no idea. Don't know. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think kill cams actually makes you learn and improve yourself as a player. But in duos and squads, no, because obviously no. You, know, you get the information and you can relay it back to your teammate. And it's like, yeah, it's pointless. Yeah. And then to take that to a step further, what do you guys think about game replays? Like other games, I can download every CSGO match I've ever played and watch everybody's perspective on it. Is that something that we should have in this or should we keep it out for the benefit of the mystery? I think you should only be able to just download your own and get your own, not you know, not see every player in, in, the, in the actual demo itself. Uh, so I mean, you I mean, can just work on... Like what they're saying is like, um, they're going to have like the, the, the 2D map, right? And you can sort of like see... Like, because obviously, what they want to do is they want to bring out 2D and 3D replays of mm. games. I'm not sure if they want to do it. For yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, they might do. Um, I, I don't mind it. You know, it's it's a learning experience. Then you can make strats to counter that, and you know, mm. like it's it's it develops the scene. I think if you know that happens. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, last. Last but not least, let's ask this because I'm curious about your perspectives as. Players who are going into the pro scene, um, what can we do as viewers or as players or as uh, content creators? How do we turn PUBG into a viable esports long term? Right now, we're crushing everybody else on Twitch. We've got tons of eyes on us. We do a tournament everybody wants to watch. But the honeymoon has to end, right? Everyone played Pokemon Go for a month and a half. Now there's like 12 guys who can meet by the library once a week. So how do we continue what sort of that upward progress? I, th I think supporting the right tournament organizers. Mm -hmm. I think that's a definitely a thing right now. The ones who really take stuff professionally, and yeah, ma mainly that. And I think one of the more important things, but that's all happening right now, is that uh, Blue All stays involved with the pros and asks our opinion mm -hmm. how to change the game. Because I'm yep. here as well with the best of whatever, like best of what he made. He did it on Twitter as well. He made a tweet like best of three, best of five, best of six, yeah. or best of eight, and even like. Ask me personally, like, hey, could you ask some people what they think um, <clears throat> to change that stuff? And also, like, I'm like, I don't know if he did it publicly or not, but Amir even came to me and he said, like, what do pros think about the blue? How do they think they should yeah, change yeah. the blue or the white circle? Like, he, somebody, I don't know who it was, but was talking about the 80% circle, apparently. Mm -hmm. And he then reached out on Twitter, like, who's just talked about this to get perspective from that person? So they yeah, really want to change the game according to what we want and not what is good for just the public, for public games. 
I th- if, yeah. if you do that, you're just going to succeed as an esport. Yeah, mostly like the, the developers come up to us at Gamescom, like Tuna, for instance. He was always asking us, you know, what 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 should we improve? What should we add into the game? You know, always asking for opinions um, and just to give feedback, basically. Um, so I think it's really good that Bluehole are communicating with us in general. Yeah, it's really nice. It's, it's, key, yeah. it's good to hear they're communicating. Um, and I think that uh, I know I know for a fact that they watch. I don't talk to the developers personally. I'm not a partner yet. Uh, that said, they're though, <laughs> they're watching. I know, I know that they're watching. I see that. I, I've watched their Twitter feeds. And the other thing that strikes me as interesting about this particular team that I don't always see from other games is I feel like these devs and these esports managers and these guys and these girls play the game like it feels like they play it as almost as much as we do in a lot of ways and love it um i've i've worked on esports where i feel like the devs are like yeah i got assigned to this project i kind of enjoy working on it but it's not like my life whereas i feel like i talk to some of these devs and i'm they you know i get the feeling that they have as many drops as i do in my pocket and that's that's pretty exciting to to hear that they love it as much as we do Mm -hmm. um all right, so that's about all the time that we have for the show. I know uh, that some of you guys are going to stay up late and stream. I know that Hayes probably needs to turn down the mic in just a couple of minutes here. Um, I do want to do the lightning round real quick. This is our last thing for the show. I just go around to each person, and I want you to tell me in just a couple of you know, seconds to a minute um, your answer to this question because I'm curious about it. So we'll start with Daz. Daz, what's your favorite drop? My favorite drop, I love uh, Razhawk, to be honest. It's got a lot of good cover, soft hearts cover, and you can maneuver around it, um, crouch jumping through all the building walls, uh, windows, sorry. Um, but yeah, Razhawk is definitely my favorite to fight. I mean, I do like the occasional school job, you know, just for fun on stream, you know, dropping down there, killing some people, but uh, definitely Razhawk. All right. Raptor, what's your favorite drop? Yes, Naya. West of Yes, Naya. <laughs> which, which part of Yaz in particular? You said West? So like West, where- yeah. The three buildings. Gotcha. Okay. Not police station? Okay. So- uh, no, no. Fuck that. Hayes, <laughs> uh, what's your favorite drop? Um, George. Just George. It's just great. Just all the loot, the sixes, the mill sixes, south sixes. The, the do, you go, the, do you like crates? Side. The cra- crates? Do you like what, the, uh, shipping containers? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe they're kind of awkward to loot, but right. Everybody seems okay. to love them in the pub world, and I'm like, stop, stop. Yeah, it's yeah. too easy to get shot when you're jumping around like a jackass. People are coming out of hospital. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's just that's that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Uh, I I'm just gonna throw this out there. I like Stalber, but that's just because I play a lot of solos. So. <laughs> I the downhill. Right, I mean, hey, I, listen, I, I, downhill I'm, push. Downhill no, no, push I'm, is I'm, underrated, especially in solo games. If you can be coming downhill no. into a circle, the world is your oyster, right? I mean, they have improved that whole east side, which is really mm-hmm. nice to say. It's totally changed. Like, they added that new city, which is pretty cool. Um, that, that side needed some love for definite. I mean, West Coast was the strongest for sure. Everyone always jumped West Coast. Mm-hmm. Everything, car spawns, all the loot everywhere. Um, east side had hardly nothing. <laughs> so it's really nice saying that. I think Starbucks is actually viable now. 
I definitely not as a team, but I, I think it's 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 a fun open it's a fun place to fight with the way the walls are yeah. set up. So uh, that's my defense for myself. I'll I'll hold on to it. You guys can believe in your big city, you big city folk, uh, us small town folk like that Stalbert jump. Um, okay, so that's all the time that we got for today. This is the drop episode three. Uh, before I sign out, I do want to say thank you to Razor, Aces Republic of Gamers, and Awesome for making this possible. And I do want to give a big shout. out. Let me grab their names here real quick to Easy Co. Matt. <coughs> who made all the logos, and Aether, Aether, who made the overlays for the show um, on short notice. Uh, I said it before, we're going to name the show something totally different. Somebody else took the name a week before we went live, and uh, some designers stepped up and made a bunch of cool stuff uh, pro bono for the show. So thank you to those guys. Thank you to you guys for being here. Uh, real quick, chance for shout-outs or shutdowns, whatever you want to use your minute for. Uh, we'll go backwards around the circle. Hayes, any, any uh, shout-outs or shutdowns? Um, I guess shout out to Team Liquid and their partners and stuff like that. Um, it's about that really team. My teammates, Scoom, um, for being a great guy. <laughs> not, not more my not as well. Um, yeah. Fair, fair. It's just a funny. It's just a funny way to word that. Raptor, shout out to shutdowns. Uh, shout out to Method, of course. Um, and shout out to all the players who drive by my checks, pretty much. <laughs> uh, and Daz, any, any shout outs or shutdowns? Uh, shout outs to my team, my teammates, uh, Bluehorn in general as well, uh, for making an awesome game. Um, also, my subs and everyone, I love you guys. Awesome. So, to the subs, to the developers, to the fans, to the teams, we Stop. love you all. Uh, as do I, and I'm going to take that chance as well to say thank you to everybody who's listening. If you're listening live, thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Sorry about the time frame uh, switch up a little bit, but I'm glad you guys were able to catch up. Uh, feel free to follow or sub if you feel totally, totally into what we're doing here. Uh, a big shout out to those who are listening on YouTube or on the podcast. You can get it on Podbean or iTunes. Just search The Drop. Both have RSS feeds available, though I do ask you to throw a review our way if you like the show. Uh, that said, I do want to give a quick plug for our own benefit as much as it hurts my soul to do so. And that is if you like the show and you want to see it continue and keep doing what we're doing, patreon.com slash toffees. It's very simple. Um, we're not asking for much. It costs me about 50 plus a month to uh, run the show in hosting. And I've got, I don't know if you guys know this, I have a three-week-old baby uh, and a three-year-old as well as a wife and a whole lot of other things. Thank you very much. But... Uh, every time I have a new kid, I remember how much diapers cost. So uh, <laughs> any little bit helps, guys. I appreciate you being here and hanging out. You can find me at Toffee's TV. You can find Daz at DazFPS underscore. You can find Raptor at Raptor, duh, Raptor. Uh, and you can find Liquid at Liquid Haze, H-A-Y-Z. I assume that, is that Raptor to Raptor like a spinoff on like Parappa the Rappa? Or is it just you? Nah. Okay. I just thought Raptor was boring, so I thought... What's that in the second Raptor? <laughs> it was just a boring name, Raptor. So I was like, I just add more to it. Jeff Goldblum would not agree with you. <laughs> Two Raptors is always worse than one, he would say. Uh, that said, guys, have a wonderful evening. Thanks for tuning in. Go play some more PUBG. And as always, Toffee's out.